Robin, before we talk about writing Beats Per Minute, I wanted to go back to the 90s yeah. when I understand that you had some small affiliation with ACT UP Paris. Yes. And I'm wondering if you could take us back to that time. Yes, I was, uh, I, uh, I was in ACT UP Paris in 92. I entered the ACT UP Paris in 92. And um, to be very clear about the, the whole story, uh, it was 10 years after the beginning of the epidemic uh, in France, who started in the newspaper, basic, newspapers, because it was related what with what was going on in your country, in the United States. So we heard that there was this kind of epidemic there, here. So, and uh, I, uh, uh, I was, I was twenty in, in eighty-two. So I was like a young guy, and I discovered all this thing that we are going on, and I thought that was a very bad science fiction. Thing uh, that's that was a kind of curse because in France the newspapers were saying that most of the gay people are were going to die gay men were going to die of this disease so it was really really uh, terrible but at the same time we were shown at the like uh, designed no not design uh, yes shown as a principal victim of this epidemic with uh, HIV drug users prostitutes prisoners but there were no communication towards us, you know, so we were the victim, but no one is, were going to do anything. That, that was this kind of indifference. And I was so afraid during 10 years of what's going on and lots of people that I knew were going to hospital. It was a very weird atmosphere of fear of, um, yes, it was like, especially for the gay men, it was like we were going back to the closet because of this epidemic. And uh, because I, I lost a friend of mine and I was not authorized to visit him to the hospital, uh, I was so angry, which was because it was like our kind of couple. Of course, we were young, so we were a kind of couple, but our couple didn't happen, didn't exist. So I was very cross and I went to ACT UP in 92 because of this anger and uh, uh, that was in me, you know. So I was, I came to this group and uh, it's like in the film, I was a newcomer and uh, you had this guy who was introducing you to the group and who was explaining all the rules which were very inspired by the, the ACT UP New York group or, or ACT UP San Francisco groups. And after you were in this meeting and you didn't understand anything and you didn't, I didn't know anyone and it was like swimming, jumping in a swimming pool and trying to swim, you know, and I wanted the spectators to live this, you know, this experience. Did you go with any of the group to any of the uh, expeditions or, you know, protests? You have to know that I didn't do an historical film. I did this film out of my memories. It's exactly, I didn't try to make an historical film. I tried to reconnect myself to the emotions, the sensations, the sensoriality and the sensuality that we were going through at this time. It's because all that is also political. And so I try to use all these memories and I have a lot of very pr vivid memories. And uh, because it's like when I was in the group, I was like a recording machine and uh, maybe unconsciously I was constructing my film at the same time that I was living this story. Maybe, I don't know. But I, it took me like six months to write it down because and uh, I did it just with my memories. It's all the, the, you see in the film 
happen. And I was part of quite all these actions and expeditions, as, as you say, and all the debates also. And uh, I tried to put all this, this memory in a kind of perspective. And uh, I tried to find um, some kind of contradictions, contradiction, opposition between the characters which were very important and meaningful to me at the time. So you decided to write the script at what point? I mean, you, the, these memories lived in you for many, many yeah. years. And then why now? You know, it's, um, you don't know why. It's very weird. It's, uh, I had this conversation like uh, seven, eight years ago, I think seven years ago, because I was preparing my previous film, Eastern Boys, and I was with my producers. Uh, and uh, one of my producers was a friend of ACT-UP. He was a, a, a militant, a former militant. And we were joking, and we, we were a lot of persons, like 10 persons, uh, technicians, and the other producer, which is a woman, Marie-Ange Luciani. And with my friend producer, I was, we were kind of joking, because I was telling me I wanted to have more days of shooting, and he was telling me, no, it's too long. And, uh, and I said to him, you owe me. And he, he says to me, no, you, I don't owe you anything. I said, you owe me big because I dressed up your boyfriend when he was dead. And it's kind of, it's hard to say, but it was kind of joke between us. It's a running gag, I think, something like this. But the people around us were a little bit shocked. And uh, it's, uh, we started to talk about well, what we were going through at the time and that we, we thought that was funny now, but it was not that funny at the time. And my other producer, Marie-Ange Luciani, told me, I know you want to do a film about that, but you have to do it now, because if you, st if you wait too long, you are not going to do it anyway, anymore. And I think that was true, you know, and uh, uh, so I decided to do it, and because I did my previous film, which was my second film, and I, f I think I realized that I had enough enough fluidity as a director you know and uh, that it was time enough to do this film now and i didn't think to be honest of the political world we are in now uh, in the united states but in europe too you know um, i did it uh, in a selfish way because i had to do it and you know this aids epidemic and cinema has been the most important two things in my life that was a that was a moment to connect these two things together and in order to make this film, you know. I want to talk about screenwriting, but I just want to jump to the rave scenes. Yeah. Because they were very powerful. Because you show these men and women enjoying a very magical night, but then there's these globes of light. Yeah, yeah. Can you explain the metaphor behind that? It's very powerful. It's very powerful, but it's also because, you know, it's... Um, it's very strange because people talk about the film like it's very realistic and it's very naturalistic in the way the actors are playing, which is true, you know, the, 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 the actors and especially the French actors are playing like this, you don't see them so much playing, you know, it's like very realistic and I love that. But the film has a very weird structure because there's no outside of act up in the film, for instance. We are all even you go out just for the actions, but you don't know about their family, you don't know about their personal life, about the, I mean their, their work, you don't know so much things. You are really in a very restricted area, or uh, restricted areas all, all the time. And one 
it for, it's like for me like a science fiction film with different time space like different dimensions and one of the dimensions are the clubs and the clubs are for me of a very important dimensions because it's it's not related to the rest of your life it's like going to the cinema why i i like well why i like cinema theaters it's because it's a place you go and you you are it's a collective but at the same time you are alone on your own so you are you have plenty but you're alone and i like this idea you are in the darkness and you are just looking at light events which are magical sometimes and uh, and uh, for me the clubbing are very close to cinema in fact and you are uh, you, you go with friends and friends seem very different because of lights and they and at the same time you are together dancing and everyone is on his own and there's this like in the film it's like a collective thing and at the same time uh, and something very intimate and sometimes you realize that a boy you know or a girl you know is very attractive because you are in this kind of light and this kind of atmosphere and I love the fact that it's connect it's not connected to the rest of the world and so I tried also when I do films you know I tried I think films are, are about meta metamorphosis I like the fact that you, in a film a character is becoming some someone different that it's uh, and you can go come from a, a kind of a genre to another genre in a film, from an, uh, one atmosphere to another atmosphere in the same scene. And I love this kind of mutation, metamorphosis, because it's like hallucinations that I love. And in this case, for instance, I, I wanted, you know, the, the, these fun moments, these relief moments that were the nightclub, uh, because of the house music which were very important to us and uh, because this music was fun but at the same time there was some kind of melancholy in it and for both a lot of us it was like the soundtrack of this epidemic at the time that was very important you know and uh, I wanted to show that even in this kind of places you can feel above the people like through the light you can see particles and when you focus on these particles you can think that it's kind of plasma and you can see viruses or cells or this kind of thing it's because you know it's more than a metaphor it's also because we had in our back of our minds always these representa representations of the virus because we were we were not only a political group we were um, how can i say an aesthetical group we were always thinking of the images of this epidemic all the time. And for instance, uh, uh, I remember that the president of ACT UP, the first president of, 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 of ACT UP, Didier Lestrade, uh, was very fascinated because uh, kind of, I don't know what laboratory, uh, pharmaceutical group, um, uh, made photographs, published photographs of the, the first photography of the virus attacking um, uh, cell, uh, human cell, and of course it was not natural picture. It was colored and everything. You know, it was a little bit, uh, how can I say, uh, doctored. Uh, uh, and so, in, 
I was, it was fascinating because it was like looking at the enemy, confront the enemy clearly. And so if he did the posters with these images. So we were working all the time on that. So it's like those people who are dancing, it's, the images are like a threat to them because we have, and also because they are imagining the virus and the, how the, the virus is working. Uh, on our minds also, you know, that was very important to us at the moment. So that, and I tried to make very different uh, club, clubbing scenes because uh, at the end, the last scene is like, they are really on, alone and it's like a gospel for me. It's like everyone is for trying to survive for, for, for himself and that was important because on this kind of scene, at the beginning there were kind of dialogues in that scene and I decided it was just only bodies, dancing, no dialogues and I thought that was powerful uh, because the film is, you have a lot of debates and talking all the, around in the, in the amphitheater scenes, I wanted the club to be just dancing. And one of the reasons we were trying to survive, it's not only because we want a job, because we want a life, it was because we were so good at having pleasures. We are so good because we were very young and we were so good to go clubbing, to have sex, to take drugs and all those things. We are so, that was not fair. Well, and you played the song by Bronsky Beat, yeah. which is such a beautiful song. And if you listen to the words, yeah. It, it's anyone who's ever sort of left a situation that's bad. I, I invite anyone to just look at the words of the song and it's very powerful because it's a, it's a beautiful song yeah. in itself, yeah. but then also to the, the meaning behind it yeah. and being alone. It's yeah, of kind of what, that's what it's about. But you know, this, what is strange, it's mostly, of course it, it was released in 84, mm -hmm. but it's a song composed before the epidemic. It was, it, it's, uh, it's really about uh, a young gay guy who has to go back to, to, to leave his small town, to go to a capital city or to a big town in order to live his gay life, you know, and it was the topic of the, of the, of the song. But you know, Jimmy Somerville um, gave money to create Actor Paris because he was a very good friend of Didier Lestrade and he did also a concert for Actor and I was at this concert. And that was so emotional because when he started to sing this song, we were like in 91, it was like not 10 years of the epidemic, but quite. And you know, all the people cried at this moment because it was the song before the epidemic and it was the song of the start of the epidemic. And it was that like also like, as I say on the house music, it was like a soundtrack of our personal lives. And so we were crying, that was, and so I asked Jimmy Somerville, I wanted to recreate this scene. So I asked Jimmy Somerville to be in the film, doing the, uh, redoing the concert and everything, and he refused because he doesn't want to be filmed, which I totally understand, I wouldn't do that. And he, he sent us the multi-track song, a recording of this song, you know. And that was amazing, really, because on the multi-track, you had the, the, the track with his voice alone, you know, and without reverberation. And you can feel, so it's 84, 
or 83, and you can feel his breath, and you can feel the shock with the microphone. It's so incarnated, like I wanted my film to be, you know. So I asked my composer to make a remix, like in the 90s, you know, because my composer has all the instruments of this period and is a DJ as well, so he did a new remix of the song. But during the editing, I decided, because it's a moment in the film where Nathan feels so lonely because he's going to a party and his boyfriend is at the hospital and it seems that he's disconnected from the rest of the group because the collective things cannot accompany them all the way and so the, he's disconnected, there's, kind of, there's some kind of distance and because he's feeling so alone, I wanted at the end just to have the, the voice of Jimmy Somerville like uh, in his mind, you know. And, uh, and uh, the, the, that was so powerful to me to stop all the rest of the instrument and to stay with his voice without reverberation, a very dry sound, you know. And uh, at the end, his breathing. And I, I could uh, connect this breathing to the breathing of, uh, of Sean at the hospital. And so, you know, the process, uh, I, d I never regret, I never regretted uh, the concert because I, pref I thought it was more powerful like this than to, to recreate this concert, which was historical, but it was not so meaningful in this film. And uh, so that was a chance anyway to work a little bit with Jimmy Somerville. <laughs>